Hello, um, my name is Yamina Castillo. Thank you for joining our podcast. Um, we have a new health educator addition to our podcast recording in regards to our sexual health topics and topics abroad in regards to HIV and COVID-19. Please welcome Stacy. Stacy, if you want to introduce yourself real quick. Hi, everybody. So I'm Stacy Britton. I'm one of the um, health educators with the CATCH program. And I'm excited to be on the podcast with you guys today. So we have some interesting new topics that we're going to be talking about in the upcoming weeks. And we will be adding different topics and also different special guests throughout our CATCH program health educator team, also with in conjunction with EIS which Stacy is on the EIS, Early Intervention Services Program. So we're happy to have her here. Um, we're going to get into the topic today in regards to HIV and pregnancy. It's something that um, we wanted to talk about in regards to HIV, specifically um, HIV, and women who are living with HIV at the moment. And pregnancy is a good topic to talk about amongst um, HIV community, HIV positive community um, individuals. So we're gonna get started and we're gonna give you some information on HIV itself. And we're gonna start with what is HIV? So HIV, is a human immunofficiency virus. Mm -hmm. And the virus attacks certain cells of the body's immune system and causes acquired immunofficiency and can cause acquired immunofficiency syndrome, which is considered AIDS. So HIV, the virus attacks the immune system. And acquired immunofficiency syndrome is a group of signs and symptoms, usually a severe infection occurring in a person whose immune system has been damaged by the infection, by the infection with HIV. So if an individual um, has HIV or is HIV positive and they are not on medication or not on treatment in regards to medication and properly taking the medication every day, they can, and it takes a long time in regards to um, acquiring AIDS. So it's AIDS is uh, in conjunction with HIV when HIV is not treated properly. Do you want to add anything to that, Stacy? Um, what Yamina is talking about, and this is real important because what I'm learning, Yamina, is that there are a lot of folks who still don't understand how one goes from having uh, HIV and then being diagnosed with AIDS. And so the important part that Yamina is mentioning here is that folks are um, who transition to having an AIDS diagnosis are those who are not on antiretroviral medications. Their um, viral load is pretty high 
and it's diminishing their immune system. And we know that with our topic today, HIV and pregnancy, that if the mom is not healthy, that her pregnancy may not be healthy and that baby can also acquire um, HIV. Um, what happens in transitioning to an AIDS diagnosis is that your uh, white blood cells have depleted um, significantly and there are under, um, I believe it's your CD4 cells are under 200 and that brings you into a diagnosis of AIDS, right? And so the other part is, can a person be treated for, for AIDS and transition back to HIV? And the answer to that is yes, you can. I have a question, um, real quick, in regards to, and in regards to this topic, how long would you say, um, in regards to HIV, for mm -hmm. HIV to develop into AIDS? Should people so that is a there's a variation because it depends on the person's health, their, their how strong their immune system is, and how rapidly the virus replicates itself. And so um, we have some folks who are may engage in some pretty risky behaviors, um, repeatedly engaging in unprotected sex, um, drug use, alcohol use can be factors. Um, and having any other um, underlying illnesses can also contribute to how quickly the virus replicates itself and diminishes the CD4 cells. So there's no real exact answer um, to that. You mean for me, um, it really- Because it depends, on, it depends on the person's immune system, right? So right. an individual could be HIV positive and they can have a healthy immune system and not be taking yeah. any medication. So it depends on the individual and their immune system and how the virus affects them, right. correct? That's correct. That's definitely correct. And the thing about it is people, um, if, if ladies, if you're planning to, to uh, have a family, um, then that's great, fantastic, do that. Um, mm -hmm. but get an HIV test beforehand. So you kind of have an idea of what your status is, right? That's the key to, to the treatment is being tested. Um, the, the efficacy of the treatment depends on, um, when you're tested and being diligent in taking that medication. And the, when we say the medication and the treatment and medication, um, I know that as HIV testers and health educators, we encourage individuals who um, test for HIV and have a positive result to get on medication as soon as possible. Most likely the same day or the next day, correct? Exactly, yes. What has been learned is that folks who, um, the, the sooner you begin the uh, antiretroviral treatment, the better off you are it's been learned in medicine that um, folks don't have to be at any particular stage, that they can um, begin medication therapy as soon as they're diagnosed. So for individuals, specifically women, um, we like to tell women in our community who are HIV negative to continue to test if they feel that they're pretty, uh, that there are in situations where they might be at high risk for acquiring HIV, such as unprotected sex, um, 
individuals who engage in um, sex work and so on and so on, intravenous drug use, things of that nature. So in, for a female who doesn't know their status mm -hmm. and, um, and ends up getting a positive pregnancy result, yes. is that, what, how can we say, is, how can we explain to an individual who is pregnant and just found out they're HIV positive is what I'm trying to say. Okay, so the best thing that we can do is encourage medical services and encourage medical treatment. Being um, an active participant in their medical treatment is essential. Um, keeping up with your prenatal care is essential, right? And so what a woman who is um, expecting should do at this point is to develop her team. Right? She should have a team um, for her prenatal care. She should have her team for her HIV treatment. And she might even wanna consider um, therapy, uh, a therapist as part of that team because this can be a pretty stressful time for a woman even without HIV being uh, part of the equation. And stress is so big during pregnancy. It can cause so much damage to the pregnancy. It can create depression. It can um, cause a woman to withdraw. It can contribute to um, inconsistencies in going for medical appointments. And it can also contribute to um, miscarriage. So stress is very important. And it's really important to have safe people that you can talk about talk to about what's going on with you at this time. Um, it's one thing to be concerned about having a healthy pregnancy. It's another thing to be concerned about treating the HIV, right? But sometimes this happens at the same time and sometimes it actually happens intentionally. What we've learned is that women actually can have very healthy pregnancies while they're HIV positive and deliver very healthy babies. So, <laughs> What we're not doing anymore um, in, what, in the medical profession, they're no longer performing unnecessary cesarean sections. Mm -hmm. Because mom knows her status, then she can be on an antiretroviral treatment to um, assist her during the pregnancy, which can minimize the risk of transmitting the virus to baby. Right? Yeah. The fetus is super vulnerable at this time, right? You have yes. all that fluid and all that blood and stuff going on inside. And this is very vulnerable time for, for baby because he or she is still developing. And so mom has to take charge and develop that team, develop yeah. that team and be a part of her treatment. So to recap, um, HIV can be passed from mother to child during pregnancy, childbirth, and breastfeeding. So this is called prenatal transmission. But in the absence of any intervention, transmission rates um, are from 15 to 45%. So when individuals, mothers who are HIV positive, there is less likely chance of transmission to the child during pregnancy, childbirth, or breastfeeding when the mother is on medication. Yes. Yes. Medication treatment oh. is very important. And you, what you said is so true. It's um, in regards to 
knowing your status, especially when you're pregnant. Pregnancy alone is um, is something that that women have to deal with in regards to how we handle handle it emotionally. Are we ready um, as women to become mothers? Is this the right time? Um, can I be a mother? Will this work? That we have a lot of questions alone, as you know, pregnancy in itself, but being pregnant and having an HIV positive status can bring an additional stress um, to the mother in yeah. regards to. Um, thinking, am I putting my baby at risk? What can I do to protect my baby? You know, having questions of what can I eat? What can I not eat? Um, and these are great questions that come up and we're going to try to provide you with the best possible information that we have out there. And you can always talk to your doctor if you are an individual who is HIV positive and is pregnant at the moment or plan on um, having a baby. You can still have a baby um, being HIV positive. Again, women have babies all the time. The, the rates right now in regards to women who are HIV positive who have babies, is, there's no recent statistics, but it's under 5,000 in the United States alone. Yes. And I think that number, that it's actually low if it's under 5,000 when you consider the population of the United mm -hmm. States, right? And I think that comes with um, not having ac accurate or adequate information, knowing that, you know, um, you can have a baby and deliver naturally and baby will not be infected. Mm -hmm. So we could get um, into a little bit more into what you talked about before in regards to the viral load. Mm -hmm. um, so taking medication reduces the amount of HIV in the body to, to a very low level, um, to an undetectable, as we call it now, it's undetectable level. So getting and keeping an undetectable viral load is the best thing you can do to stay healthy and prevent transmission to your baby. The risk of transmission is about 1% for individuals who are on medication. Right. And just, just to be clear for the ladies out there um, and anyone who's watching, when we talk about viral load and we talk about CD4 cells, we're talking about how much virus is in um, your system and how strong your immune system is and how many um, white blood cells you have to help fight that virus off. Right. And so you're going to hear white blood cells, you're going to hear CD4 cells, you're going to hear T cells. These are different terms you hear, and they're all the same. Right. So we want to make sure we keep the viral load down and your CD4 cells up. Right. So as I was saying, the risk of transmission is about 1%. And after you give birth to your baby, you're, you're, the doctor is going to test you and your baby again for um, HIV and the amounts of, um, as Stacy talked, the amounts of the viral load that's in your system. And they're going to prescribe medication to the baby for about four to six weeks to make sure that the baby stays healthy. Yes. With a negative result. Cesarean sections are still performed to prevent transmission of HIV but they're not 
performed as frequently as they used to be because it was believed um, in the early 80s and the 90s that if you were HIV positive and giving birth, that the baby was automatically going to be born with the virus. And so they did not take the chances of the child coming through the birth canal. Cesarean sections were performed to prevent that. But now, as we mentioned, with the medication, mom can have a very natural childbirth. Yes, you're correct. Um, the way medicine and how we deal with HIV has changed dramatically in regards to regular medication and now in regards to mother to child transmission. Mm -hmm. So what can we do after we give birth? How will I know my baby's infected with HIV? So babies who are born to HIV positive mothers are tested for HIV several times in the first few months. The test looks for the, pre the, pre the presence of HIV, the virus in the baby's blood. The baby has the baby has HIV infection of two of these test results are positive and the baby does not have HIV infection if two of these test results are negative. Another type of HIV test is done when the baby is about 12 to 18 months old. So it's best to not breastfeed or pre-chew your baby's food after you have given birth Keeping an undetectable viral load substantially reduces, but does not eliminate the risk of transmission of HIV through breastfeeding. The current recommendation in the US is that mothers with HIV should not breastfeed their babies. Exactly. And so we know that HIV is transmitted through breast milk. Um, we talk about kissing right and that it's very un it's, it's unlikely or it's not as often that people can transmit or acquire the virus um through saliva but as you see here it's very important to protect baby and not pre-chew food right and because now that's a whole different vegetable you're actually breaking that down with um your your fluids and this can cause baby to become infected Remember that the baby's immune system is not fully developed and that takes time, which is why tests are done um, frequently for that first year and a half. And so what, what, can you, what can you do to reduce the risk of passing HIV to the baby? You and your healthcare professionals will discuss things you can do to reduce the risk of passing to your baby. They could be the following, taking a combination of anti-HIV drugs during your pregnancy as prescribed, have your baby by cesarean delivery. Um, if labs tests show that your levels of HIV is high, as Stacy um, described, taking anti-HIV drugs during labor and delivery as needed, giving anti-HIV drugs to your baby after birth, as I described also, and do not breastfeed. Um, as we described, if you follow these typical um, guidelines in regards to reducing the risk of transmission to your baby, 99% of HIV infected women will not pass HIV to their babies. So why is HIV treatment um, recommended during pregnancy? It should be an obvious answer, right? Treatment during pregnancy has two goals. One goal is to protect your own health. 
And the second goal is to help prevent passing HIV to your fetus. Many combinations of drugs are used to manage HIV infection. This is called a drug regimen, right? Or medication regimen. Anti-HIV drugs decrease the amount of HIV in the body, right? Or antiretroviral drugs. So if you hear these different terms, then you know what's, what's being talked about, right? Um, what you wanna do is follow whatever the regimen is that the doctor puts you on that will strengthen your immune system it will um, work on the viral load, decreasing that, and protect baby, right? And that's the main thing. We want to make sure that we stay healthy while we protect the fetus, okay? Um, so it's very, very important. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about um, are there any side effects of the HIV medication, right? This is a huge question, and I'm sure many people may have questions about how the medication, antiretroviral medication, might affect the baby. So let's talk a little bit about that. Drugs used to treat HIV infection may cause some side effects. There are some pretty common side effects that include nausea, diarrhea, headaches, and some muscle aches. Um, less common side effects include anemia, liver damage, bone problems such as osteoporosis. Um, in the beginning of taking any medications or when anything changes in your regimen, we are all subject to the possibility of some pretty common side effects. Let's not be surprised if nausea or diarrhea is one of the, the first <laughs> things that we encounter because you're putting something in your stomach and now your stomach has to break this stuff down, right? And, and it goes through your system. And so there are some side effects. Um, the, what's needed at that time is just some rest while your body gets used to the medication regimen. Over time, okay, because you're not going to develop anemia, liver damage, or any bone problems immediately. So during the your medication regimen, you want to stay in contact with your doctor. You want to constantly discuss with your doctor what's going on with your body. So that way, if there are any changes um, that need to be done, if they need to modify your medication in any way, that can also be done. But things like liver damage and osteoporosis, those things happen over time. And they're learned almost immediately if this is what's happening because anyone on antiretroviral medication should be going in for regular blood work at least every two to three months, right? While unusual drugs used to treat HIV may affect the development of the fetus, however, not taking medication greatly increases the chance of passing the virus to the fetus. So we have to weigh it out, right? The pros and the cons. And that's why it's really important to have that team, right? You want to make sure you're discussing your prenatal treatment with, with your uh, gynecologist. You want to make sure you're speaking with your HIV specialist regularly, discussing also what's happening with you and baby regarding medication. And you also want to have that safe person. You can talk about any other concerns um, during your pregnancy. Okay. And so what the medication is going to do is prevent perinatal um, HIV transmission, right? And that's where that's the, the main goal here is to prevent transmitting this virus to baby during 
the pregnancy, okay? Um, advances in HIV research, prevention and treatment have made it possible for many women to have to give birth to babies who are free of HIV. The annual number of HIV infection through perinatal transmission in the United States and dependent areas has declined by more than 95% since the early 90s. And so, Yamina, that kind of speaks to um, what I mentioned before about um, during, during uh, uh, the early 80s and uh, during the 80s and early 90s, when medical professionals thought that cesarean sections were necessary across the board, where over time they've learned that babies can be born very healthily without having contracted the virus um, during uh, pregnancy. And these are, these are prevention methods. Um, so when we speak in regards to um, HIV transmission, we also want to speak in regards to um, partner um, transmission and prevention. So you should still use a condom during sex, even though you are pregnant. If your partner is also infected with HIV, condoms help to protect you and your partner from other infections. If your partner is not infected with HIV, to using condoms, there are some drugs that partners can take that may decrease the risk of becoming infected. These medications um, that we talk about are things known as PrEP. We do talk about PrEP in regards to um, HIV prevention in, uh, in our other webinars and group um, facilitation and sexual health. So would you like to describe what PrEP is real quick, Stacy? Of course. So PrEP is a pre-exposure prophylaxis, which is used on a daily basis. Um, it builds up in your system and it allows individuals to engage in sexual activity without condom use if they choose to. Um, the person who takes PrEP would be the HIV negative person and the person that is HIV positive, we're hoping that they're taking their, their regimen. So this kind of gives you double protection, right? Because as we mentioned, the uh, medication that the HIV positive person is taking is going to help deplete their viral load, bringing it down to undetectable. And it's gonna build up in the HIV negative person's system, which is going to allow um, that person to be free of contracting that virus, right? Every day it should be taken like a vitamin. You know, put it in your medicine cabinet, put it in your kitchen next to your feet, you know, and remember to take it every day. If you miss a dose, you're not to freak out, take the next dose the next day, right? Do not double up. This is not one of those things where it's okay to take two because you missed one yesterday. One pill a day while you're engaging with this particular partner. However, um, I need to stress that this medication is only going to work for the prevention of HIV. Yes, yes. That is true. Thank you for that, Stacey. So if you are pregnant, if you are pregnant, what is best to do in regards to um, if you're not pregnant and you're planning on getting pregnant, excuse me, you can also use PrEP 
um, in regards to if you are engaging in sexual behavior with an individual that is HIV positive to prevent you from getting HIV, you can also take PrEP. Um, if you are planning on getting pregnant, you can still be on the medication um, while engaging in unprotected sex to conceive. So if you're trying to get pregnant and your partner does not know whether he has HIV, he should get tested. If your partner does have HIV and you do not talk to your doctor and talk about PrEP, PrEP stands for, pre, again, pre-prophylaxis, pre-exposure prophylaxis. This means taking medica medications to prevent HIV. The PrEP helps protect both you and your baby from HIV. So that's something that for individuals who are in relationships where one individual is HIV positive and the other one is HIV negative. Exactly. We're gonna get into some research in regards to the rates of prenatal HIV diagnosis in regards to certain population and demographics. We're going to read, be reading off of a graph that I have in front of me. Um, you can also check up the statistics online. Most prenatal HIV diagnosis were among Black and African-American children. Um, about a rate of 65% were Black, uh, black and African-American. 14% mm -hmm. were white. 9% Hispanic and Latino. 8% multiple races and 5% Asian. So when we talk about um, the disparities in regards to um, HIV, we know that we've talked before that there's a big disparity in regards to um, black and brown populations who are at um, or have a higher rate of diagnosis within black and brown communities of HIV. So these correlate in regards to um, pregnancy, individuals who have been pregnant and hadn't um, had a child that was diagnosed with, with HIV. Also in regards to statistics from 2014 to 2018, HIV diagnosis has declined about 50, 54% among children overall from 2014 to 2018. So rates of prenatally acquired HIV infections among persons born in the United States. Um, this, specific, this specific graph talks about year of birth and mother's race ethnicity between 2014 and 18. We have um, at a rate in 2014, 5.4 for Black and African Americans, 0.7 for Hispanic and Latinos, and 0.2 for white individuals in 2014. For Black and African Americans, it increased in 2015, but decreased down to 3.3% in 2018. Mm -hmm. The same for Hispanic um, and Latino populations increased to 0.9% um, from 2015 to 2016, 1.1, and then decreased 2017.6% from 2016 to 2018, 1.1%. 
0.6% to 0.5% 2018. And for individuals of white individuals category, it increased 0.4% 2015 and decreased and rate and was risen again from 0.1 to 0.4 between 2016 and 2018. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of numbers to show the disparities in regards to HIV and children who were diagnosed from prenatal HIV. Of the 1,442,270 people diagnosed with HIV at the end of 2018, 1,544 were among children diagnosed with prenatal HIV. Most children with diagnosed prenatal HIV are Black and African American. In 2018, there were about 60%, nine, around 934. Mm -hmm. Among Hispanic Latinos, 14%, 223. Among white, 11%, 172, excuse me, 172. Multiple races, 9%, 133. Asian, 5%, 72. Living with HIV, the total number of children diagnosed prenatal HIV in the US and the independent areas as of 2018. As these numbers might seem high to some people, but to be honest, during periods of 2014 and 2018, these numbers have dropped significantly because they were very high. They were much higher um, in the beginning when there was uh, no regimen and HIV wasn't very well known. Um, and as they took went over the time, during time uh, of developing antiretroviral medications, the numbers were significantly high. These numbers, um, although high, are actually very, very low compared to mm -hmm. the casualties that um, the, the country suffered um, yeah. during the 80s and 90s, and even the early 2000s. Yeah, definitely. We compare the rates from 2018 from 1999. It's a big, it's a big difference in mm -hmm. the size and numbers. And right now we know that it's due to the inequalities and this, um, the lack of access to individuals in brown, brown and black communities that have access to care in regards to prevention, education, and things of that nature when it comes to HIV. Right. That's why it's important to find a specialist. Um, so many hospitals and clinics now have specialists that will give, take the time and give the patient the attention that, the, that she needs in order to address her, her medical condition um, and also help her feel comfortable during her pregnancy. So that team is really important that I mentioned before because what folks have to remember is that they are in control of their medical care and we have the right to change if you do not feel like you're getting optimal care, then by all means, contact us. We might be able to uh, link you to uh, alternate care, or you can just do your research and try different places. 
that may give, uh, may have specialty services. HIV is a specialty. And there are places where doctors specialize specifically in HIV treatment. And then there are doctors who are still pretty behind the times, believe it or not. You know, and so the, the treatment will be different if you're not, you know, up to date with what's happening. And we wanted to let individuals know if you are interested in testing, we do provide testing, face-to-face -face testing um, at our um, locations in regards to Argus community. We can meet up with you to do a test with you, or you can do a mail-in testing uh, HIV kit that will be mailed to you. If you have any questions in regards to any referral services, such as Stacy mentioned, please reach out to us. Our contact information will be on the podcast list in regards to um, our phone numbers, our social media, and things of that nature. Would you like to end it, um, end the podcast? Um, okay, great. So. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I hope this information was helpful. Um, again, like Yumina mentioned, and as I put out in the element, if you have any questions or concerns about mm -hmm. your status, your pregnancy, your medical provider, feel free to reach out to us. Um, we do podcasts regularly. And so there are so many topics that we would love for you to follow us. And uh, thank you so much for joining today. Yes. Um, please join us in our next podcast about marijuana and lung health during COVID-19. And we will be having up um, new podcast members joining from our team. And we will introduce you to them in the following weeks. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day.